Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new podcast, episode 59, I think, of Knowing Wheel. I, I would so. I would know what episode it is if we were recording this on a Monday. Sadly, <laughs> this week, as you've probably already gathered, it's, it's currently Friday when this podcast is going out. Now, I was already, last Sunday night, I, I was tuckered up in bed, I thought, great, I get to record the podcast with Jamie tomorrow, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And then it's at a half past... week, isn't it? And the half past ten at night, what text do I receive? Um, yeah, I told Matt I was not here. So yeah, I've been away since Monday morning. It's now Thursday evening as we record this. Um, yeah. And yeah, I've only just got back from being away. So apologies that the podcast is late. It is, well, it's entirely my fault. Um, <laughs> I was going to say it's basically my, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I had mean, a good time, so there we go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, for a bit of context, for a bit of context here, like I said... I wake up for work and go to work at 6am on a Monday morning. This was already half 10 at night and Jamie goes, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. We either record tomorrow morning or we record now. (laughs) Now, I think either of those are good solutions, really. I mean, either way, I think the podcast on a whole, obviously, the videos are normally about an hour long. Generally, I think the whole process takes about three hours for me. Well, we spend about another hour just talking. Yeah, there's about half an hour of notes planning, about an hour of rambling, obviously an hour show, and then obviously I've got to edit it, upload it, do clips, everything like that. So it was was not going to happen on Sunday night or at 3 a.m. on Monday morning. No. So yeah, we, we so are going to completely are. blame Jamie for that one. Um, <laughs> let's let's try and get it back on track then. Ready for this week, of course. If you're new around here as well, and you do go on to enjoy, make sure you check out this, uh, the Spotify playlist. that will be linked down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Check out Bybit as well if you're interested. Formula One merch. Uh, we've also got Manscaped, uh, the podcast clips, everything like that. There's so much to go check out now. Uh, you know, we're, we're living the dream at the moment on the channel and have i forgotten anything jamie as as my pa i don't think you did actually so no, well done. I've, I've done pretty well this week um yeah let's get in though to the azerbaijan grand prix weekend of course we are well aware it, it's canada today now, <laughs> it starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much in a few hours canada starts so although we're gonna run through last weekend it'll probably be a bit more of a rattle through procedures because, of course, it was near enough a week old now, and everyone, of course, knows what happened. Um, but before we even got <coughs> to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, Jamie, Williams got a fine for spending too much money, which is quite impressive. Yeah, and it's also, how is that going to help? Because now they spent more money. So, <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I haven't really looked into how the budget cap is getting, like... Uh, well, it's like, inflation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know how it's getting enforced, really, but if if they're keeping track of like spend now rather than just at the end of the year, if you spent over whatever it is, fifty million dollars. Fifty. Uh, Hundred. How much is it? Hundred fifty. Well, I was going to say fifty million dollars. That's like HRT's <laughs> That'd be done already. budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why how they've already broken that because they haven't surely haven't gone over the whole limit and i didn't know they were enforcing it i'm guessing they've used more of a quota than they should have been allowed to maybe yeah i mean in many ways it's probably quite a good thing actually isn't it because i think williams i would expected them to go right we've got 150 million dollars we can spend this year and doris and capital go they break the piggy bank with the hammer and there's 62 pence in there for their (laughs) 2022 car so i guess it's reassuring that williams were in a position where they could spend more money it's a shame the car pace isn't proving it still no 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 neither are well one of the drivers but no we'll we'll discuss that later on we'll discuss that definitely later on uh, of course, yeah, the other big talking point, though, as has been for a lot of the year so far, was, you know, Baku is pretty well known for a huge two-kilometer front straight. What's that going to do to the porpoising? And safe to say, for some drivers, it didn't go particularly well uh, by the end of the weekend. No. But again, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit further on in to the episode. Of course, as well, Baku this weekend, we were leading up Hamilton 15 years since that first race victory back in Canada, Jamie. I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. I don't remember that race, but... Do you not? Go. It was uh, the I... same race where Takuma Sato in a Super Aguri overtook oh, yeah. Fernando Alonso. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, Davidson should have been on the podium, but he hit a, he hit a um, groundhog in the in other Super Aguri, so he had to retire. Was he meant to be on the podium? I know he they were gonna, pretty quick ahead of, that weekend. He was ahead of Verts, and Verts came third that race. Yes, he did, because that was just, obviously, you had, as well... 
the massive Robert Kubica crash. I think that's the yeah. big thing a lot of people yeah, remember yeah. as well from the Canadian Grand Prix. But that weekend was just carnage. Yeah, completely. I mean, was... Two cars disqualified for ignoring the red light at the pit lane. Yes, yeah. The last two <laughs> disqualifications, if I remember correctly. That's not due to that reason, probably, but not. No that, one's been disqualified from an F1 race since, I don't think. Well, black flagged mid race. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Like, definitely people have been disqualified. After oh, yeah, post race, yes. Yeah, like, so year. many times. <laughs> yeah. But during a race, that's the last time black flags yeah. have been used, isn't it? Fair. Batman they used to be really, really strict on the pit stop procedures. Um, we we have gone very off course very immediately. Very off tangent there. immediately. Um, let's let's bring it back into Baku then, Jamie. Of course, as well, you know, Pride Month this month. You know, mm-hmm. we we all love a bit of rainbows on the cars. Alpine rocking some on the rear wing. I love as well uh, the Mercedes star that they're featuring over the next few really Grand cool, Prix. Actually, yeah. And I think very, very important they do that at a track in like Baku. Baku as well. In Azerbaijan, yeah. Is, yeah <laughs> like, very... Hamilton, Hamilton's very good at that sort of thing, isn't he? With yes, um, yeah. what, his helmet for Qatar and Saudi last year as well. So, yeah, raising awareness, important. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then, of course, yeah, as Baku often proves, you know, a lot of people, I think, I think it's often misunderstood, isn't it, Baku? Because people sort of go, oh, it's another street track. Well, Monaco wasn't carnage, so Baku won't be or if it is carnage it'll be carnage for the same reasons if it's a street track a lot of people kind of forget that baku is a really difficult track to set the car up for yeah and it can be really hit and miss with whether races are good or bad yes like we see it in f2 a lot over the like quite often uh, most f2 street tracks anyway like it's either completely dead or the moment there's one safety car restart everything goes mental because they're not bringing safety car restarts so it's kind of the same in Baku because even back in 2018, it wasn't a particularly good race until there was a crash and then everything kicked off. So, but that's kind of happened every year, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So this year, obviously, it's like, what, six days late or no, five days late. So you, we all know it wasn't a particularly brilliant race. No, um, no. Because there was no first crash. So we just kept basically how it was. So, yeah. Yes. Unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, just a quick mention obviously of f2 i didn't unfortunately this weekend i couldn't watch any of the races i did however see ralph bosham try to pull out a gta move oh that was insane he, he <laughs> should be getting so many penalty points for that that was mad and he's got what 100 races in f2 or something he's the most experienced driver <laughs> in f2 now isn't and he, he literally put two drivers in a wall without even thinking about it in the exit of turn one it was i very don't think scary. he did it on purpose well, I, it looked like it was either a massive lack of awareness or it was deliberate trying to run out of road and forgot that there was a barrier sticking out. Um, um, I don't know. I think the, the one I saw, it looked like he was understeering a little bit and then he got kind of stuck to the car on the outside and then couldn't do a lot else. Yeah, maybe. But he, like, Bollock Bassi was fine, luckily. Yes, um, yeah. But yeah, not not the best driving from no. uh, Ralph Boschon. Bollock Bassi's dad, on the other hand, wasn't fine. No, he was weekend, very annoyed, was he? wasn't he? Yeah, very but... <laughs> a very angry man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but where were we? Formula we were, we were talking about free practice, though. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I think, again, a lot of people sort of misunderstand. You know, Baku is a really odd track because, obviously, you need low downforce for that huge straight. But then that makes all of the corners incredibly difficult because there's not really many high-speed corners, especially around, obviously, the first half of the lap. Really, mm. the only high-speed corners you've got is, what, turn 13, 14, and then the final two corners. Every other corner yeah. around here is pretty low speed, and well, that 13, makes it 14, very difficult. Both, all of those corners are completely flat, basically. So they're not yeah. really corners. It's just low speed, 90 degrees, or you're flat out. So it's, it's yeah, difficult to get on top of. And we saw many different approaches taken, um, particularly what Alpine sticks out to me is they just set up a dragster for the uh, whole week, race weekend and were very annoying to a lot of drivers during the race because they even without like uh without drs they were just still matching the speed of the car behind them with drs el plan yeah it was very interesting tactics from uh from alpine but fair play i mean the clip i saw i think it was friday i think it was pierre gasly was following alonso out of the final couple of corners he's got the drs on him he's he's starting to gain a little bit they then get out into the straight, and Alonso just pulls away. And Gasly's got the slipstream, yeah. got the DRS, and Alonso's just sodding off down the yeah, straight. Yeah, pretty mad. It's incredible. It's rocket ship, but they were so slow in the corners as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, free practice, though, nothing 
I mean, you get sort of the typical, you know, someone grazes the wall. I think the only really sort of quite funny thing, to be honest, was Alex Albon somehow managing to crash in a straight line. Yeah, he just, yeah, completely lost his concentration, was looking at his steering wheel. Next thing, he's grazed the wall on the, uh, yeah, ex- the entry of turn 18, is that? Yes, yeah. Yeah, which is not even league races do that. So, <laughs> I mean, it depends what league you're looking at, I guess. I'm sure it's happened before. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. Go. I'm I'm pretty certain Jamie I almost did it in a league race once. To to be completely honest with you, fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Perez, Leclerc, you know your typical drivers looking fast after free practice. Then of course we move into qualifying, and I think it was last year, wasn't it? We had three red flags. Four red flags. Four red flags. Sorry, during qualifying, so we were expecting a lot of carnage once again. And let's be fair, if if you're going to expect carnage in a Formula One qualifying session, there's really two drivers you look at, isn't it? They both hark from Canada. <laughs> yes, and they often are the cause of red flags, and that was no different in Q1 in uh, in Baku with Lance Stroll. Uh, to be fair to him, was a bit. I put a bit of blame on the team as well, <laughs> but he made the mistake in turn eight, no turn seven, sorry, on his outlap, uh, straight into the wall. Didn't get damage, um, or if he did, it was incredibly minor on the front wing um was able to reverse out and carry on but they didn't have time to box him and make him go again so the team told him just to do his lap where his preparation involved hitting a wall which to be fair was good preparation because he did it again at turn two exactly he knew what to do then when he so yeah <laughs> i mean it just looked to me to be honest like he completely overestimated the grippy yeah. damage turn two yeah i reckon his tires weren't obviously they weren't really prepared very well they were flat spoiled and cold because he had spent half the lap reversing out of a tie barrier on his outlap (laughs) rather than warming the tires up um so yeah very strange one but that caused a red flag with two and a half minutes left which yes but we gave some drivers a bit of a headache uh and some other drivers had a bit of fun <laughs> like alonso is only just he's just here to wind people up at this point in his career really. i mean that is gotta just be l plan isn't it at this, this point it was hilarious is, <laughs> I mean... is l plan an anagram in spanish for penis because that's basically <laughs> all alonso is doing at this point <laughs> yeah he's just here to wind people up and fair play it works because alvin was fuming so <laughs> yeah the sec the re uh what the restart with two and a half minutes left obviously it's gonna be a scramble to try and get your lap in uh, Shades of, of uh, Monza a couple of Monza years ago. Monza 19, yeah. Um, Alonso, well, he did his classic Monaco trick of backing half the pack up again on, in, on the outlap. And then once he started, uh, he was on used tyres. I actually watched Julian Palmer's analysis on this, so I'm very well informed because he's a very good pundit. Um, and an even better driver. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Alonso started his lap on used uh, options, which obviously you don't really want to do when you fight for your life in Q1. Um, but Alonso wasn't particularly. No, he was, he was 12th, quite safe like, order, yeah. He was fairly, like, just had to be safe, basically. So he went out for a lap and then spent basically the whole lap looking at his mirrors to see which cars were behind him improving. And then at the point of going into the escape road, he was 1.1 seconds down on his own delta. Um, so, yeah, he wasn't going to improve. And he still, <laughs> what he tried to make out was that he was pushing so hard that he went straight on a la Nico Rosberg back in Monaco. I mean, um, it was an awful acting job. When it <laughs> he even... didn't even lock, like, lock up at all. He just like, <laughs> oh no, I can't make it. <laughs> he just kind of like jiggled the steering yeah. wheel around. I was honestly amazed. Because let's be fair, if that was Hamilton, if that was Verstappen, if that if was, that was Charles Leclerc, yeah. if that was anyone important, they would have basically. been absolutely destroyed <laughs> yeah. by yeah. F1 fans, pundits and things like that. But because well, I genuinely so, think Obviously, it's a long time ago, but the 2006 Monaco was less obvious of than this. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. And Schumacher thing. got shoved to the back of the grid back then when the Ferrari, well, the FIA were run by Ferrari and Schumacher still got penalised. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it very, was... I don't know how he got away with it. And I mean, but... I think the best thing about it as well was his interview afterwards, wasn't it? Was he say? I didn't see can that. You, can you tell us what happened? He went, I made a mistake. <laughs> 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 and then just walks off. <laughs> Oh, what a guy. Uh, Alonso is very funny at this point. He's just here for the vibes only. <laughs> Literally, El Plan this year, it just seems to be getting people's way and upset Mercedes as much yeah. as possible. Oh, another thing. I don't know if it's in the notes. I haven't checked. Uh, every Before Baku this was, every team, or every driver, sorry, voted yes. on whether, they, whether yeah. the FIA should step in on porpoising or not. 
uh, it was a unanimous decision that the FIA should do something about porpoising. Apart from one driver, Fernando Alonso was that driver. <laughs> yeah, Alonso's like, yeah, don't care. He's like, nah, Hamilton's back can do one. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton probably does have a bad back carrying Alonso back in 07. Wow. Um, anyway, let's... We'll move on from that one. We'll, we'll move on from that one. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Alonso unleashes L plan means no one can improve, so he safely makes it through into Q2 there. So it was your fairly typical drivers, both Haas, both Williams and Lance Stroll, of course, after stacking it out in Q1. Q2 had less sort of drama. You had Sebastian Vettel uh, making a very similar mistake, actually, uh, to Sir Lancelot there. Ended up going down at turn 15, wasn't it? Mm, Thought he yeah. had a break by wire failure, but that wasn't the case. He just it looked like he missed his breaking point. And yeah, just then, of course, had a break by wire failure because the car won't. Uh, Aston Martin did explain it, but obviously the car then won't do certain things when it's at too low a speed. Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately, that was both McLarens, both Alfa Romeos, and Ocon out in Q2. Gotta give a shout out, though, here, Jamie. Zhou Guan Yu, miles quicker than Bottas throughout oh, the entirety I'm of the weekend. That. I'm clipping. I'm watching this replay. This, I mean, this, uh, I know wheel, Jamie, and that's a straight <laughs> fact. Bottas this weekend yeah. was just not there, Bottas, and Joe yeah, Guan wasn't was. on it. I absolutely loved it. Joe was really quick all weekend, um, up until the point where his car stopped working, which we'll get onto later. Yes, um, yeah. But yeah, I like. It's been difficult for me to not defend him, but like the gap in qualifying, especially, has been quite outrageous at some points. But he is a rookie, and Bottas is obviously a very good qualifier. Yeah. But it's nice to see joe actually be on top of the car from get from the get-go and really yeah show that he is got he's got some potential some like his ability to be there is actually good because up until this point it's been like yeah he's decent but he's clearly a long way off bottas yes yeah um and because of that it now just means one driver this year is yet to qualify their teammate is that leclerc from science yeah yes yes it is wow i mean Latifi's is a bit eggy because, of course, I'm pretty certain it's just Albon's disqualification. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Latifi's been absolutely saved there. Um, and then we got into Q3, of course. And again, I don't think it was a major surprise, was it? Particularly Q3. No. I mean, it was absolutely. interesting. Don't get me wrong. But like we said, you know, this was a week ago now. So we're just going to quickly run through it. Leclerc <laughs> did end up going fastest ahead of both Red Bulls there. But it looked like Red Bull... As we've often seen this, you know, with a track with long straights, Red Bull have just got better race pace. Sainz P4 there, maybe acting as a rear gunner ahead of Russell, Gasly, Lewis, Sonoda, Seb, and Fernando Alonso are rounding out the top ten there. So Alpha Tauri, I was looking at them thinking, yeah, they were good. Well, this could be a spicy race, mm. you know, because they've got a very, very good car, top end speed. Another thing, it was the the, the first time since the back end of 2018 since Verstappen was last out qualified by a teammate twice in a row. Yes. That's a, uh, fun yeah. fact. Yeah. I was going to say, if you'd said out qualified, because obviously I thought Monaco no, and Monaco. <laughs> Jeddah. Um, yeah, Checo this year. I'm, I'm loving it, it so Fair far. Fair play. I'm loving it so far. Then, of course, we move into Sunday, Jamie. And before the racing had even got going, Nicholas Latifi got a penalty. Yes. It was so weird that I didn't, like, I don't know if you should blame him. Like, I don't know why they pushed him back. Like, what was I the I don't problem? think you can blame Latifi. No. His car was just on the grid, and then the chief mechanic comes over and pushes him back about two yards after the five-minute warning. So he got a 10-second stop-go immediately. <laughs> and I mean, Latifi getting a 10-second stop-go like that, it is just a meme of the guy pouring a bottle of water over yeah, himself in a, in a swimming, swimming pool, pool. in it. Yeah. Because he, he was going to finish last either way. And to be fair, yeah, I don't think this is a major spoiler. He did finish last uh, when all was said and done there. But drama... At the start, Jamie, Sergio Perez steamrolls up the inside of Charles Leclerc, and mm. Leclerc locks up, does a very, very good job, it must be said, not to not run off down at turn yeah. one. I thought we could have seen shades of last year, but Perez immediately takes the lead off him. Yeah, the first time that the leader swapped hands before turn one in Baku ever. The first time the leader swapped hands in the first lap in Baku ever. Wow, I didn't know, I didn't know that. But Every amazing. time before now, Pole has led the end of the first lap. Yeah, last year it was only that one lap. <laughs> By the end of lap two, Leclerc wasn't leading anymore. Yep. But there we go. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, even more impressively though, everyone survived the start. A fairly undramatic start in Baku. Who would have thought we'd saw that coming? Mm. Yeah, and it kind of immediately died down a little bit. Obviously, we wait until lap three before anything happens for DRS anyway. Yes, um, yeah. 
but it yeah it wasn't the most entertaining start all the gaps kind of it was shaded 2021 where the gaps just immediately go to like two seconds each yeah um until lap nine when we all think science has done a science and gone looking for some gravel and not found any but unfortunately for him it was a a mechanical problem so yeah fourth place to zero points again for what is third dnf of the season yep which is in eight races not not where you want to be really so unfortunately no. for science, I think it's break by wire or something. No, it was a hydraulics failure oh, in hydraulics, the end. If, yeah. you, if you'd read the podcast notes, I do actually have it right oh, there for well, you. <laughs> unlucky. <laughs> yeah, so one Ferrari out already, as we saw in uh, in Spain, where another high, another mechanical DNF there, and another one in Baku, and obviously later on in the race, a third one in uh, in four races. Yes. Yeah. Or three races? No, Spain, Monaco. Yeah. Yeah, so third three, one in three races, isn't it? which is not the best when at the start of the year it was all about Red Bull being terrible on reliability, but how the uh, turntables, as they say. <laughs> I can't look at if you're trying to make a reference there to The Office. Oh, I am, I've, never, actually, that I've never seen The Office. Okay, that's but fine. I do know the reference, um, so there we go. But yeah, I mean, so obviously, Sainz down the escape road at Term 4, that brings out the virtual safety car, and this is where I thought, you know, Leclerc lost that lead off the start. You think, maybe now... He can battle it up against the Red Bulls still because he pits under the VSC onto a set of hards, whereas both Red Bulls stay out. It also meant Sebastian mm. Vettel jumped Hamilton in the pit lane uh, because both Mercedes boxed as well. And it looked like, yeah, a lot of people had gone onto the hard tyres. Had Red yeah. Bull thrown it away early on, we'll, we'll, we'll find out in I just thought, a minute. I, I did think at that point that Leclerc had like, got the upper hand because, well, from what I know in any like league racing or back in the day, the hard tyres go forever at Baku. There's not much tyre wear. Like, not quite this weekend. It, no. Everyone was saying 40 laps was going to be brave. Yeah, but Leclerc effectively got a cheap pit stop. He was only about 10 seconds behind the Red Bulls. Yes. And had they, I thought, if there was no more VSCs, no more safety cars, Leclerc was going to win because the Red Bulls were going to come out so far behind on the same set of tyres, just a lot younger. I think so, yeah. it could have... I sort of had in my head it was either going to go one or two ways. Either... Leclerc then gets a 10 second lead. They spend a couple of laps taking a bit of time at him and then just the pace just, no, the pace just levels out. Or, yeah, they were going to keep taking time out of him and then late on in the day he was going to pit and try and close back up. Um, Unfortunately, though, as we'll discuss in just a moment, (laughs) as I already mentioned, that that didn't quite happen. Uh, The intrigue of the race was was lost on that. Was quickly destroyed. (laughs) We did, though, get to see a bit of battling going on further back. Lap 13, Sebastian Vettel tries a brave move around the outside of Esteban Ocon and does his best Alonso oppression from Saturday and unfortunately goes down the escape road. Does do a brilliant little spin to recover it, though. Yeah, it was a yeah good recovery because we've seen drivers, well, have to DNF because they can't get out of the escape roads before. Um, but yeah, Seb did very well to do a little flick spin, get back in the track, and only lost a couple of places as well, so not yeah. not the worst for him. And to be fair, down at turn three, we've actually seen some iconic moments, haven't we? What the Daniel Ricciardo parallel parking? Daniel Ricciardo with his <laughs> parallel parking, i.e., crash into Daniel Kvyat in reverse. And Science just getting distracted by Sonoda crashing and crashing himself. I hadn't actually remembered that one. I was thinking of probably the most iconic moment. Oh no, where's this going? Raggers in F2. Oh yeah. He his engine trying to do a million point it. turn. <laughs> what a guy. Oh, good Shout times. out to good times. Yeah, If you want to come on the podcast, Mahavir, we will That'd quite happily have you on. <laughs> um, but yeah, whilst we've got Sebastian Vettel trying to make moves in the midfield, uh, lap 15, Max Verstappen, a brave little move up the inside of his teammate Sergio Perez, although immediately we kind of all got the vibe, wasn't it, that the Red Bull after Jos Verstappen's comments. Orders. Yeah, Jos Verstappen was definitely on Sergio's pit crew this week because all his pit stops were just slower enough that he then wouldn't be able to <laughs> undercut Max back for the lead. Yeah, I, I think we can clearly see where Red Bull are putting their eggs this year which is as expected into Verstappen's basket so it's unfortunate for Checo but I think that's just the way it is when you're fighting another team quite quite hard or not this weekend driver yeah Yeah. not this weekend but over the season you you expect it to play out like that at least unless Ferrari keep being Ferrari um (laughs) but yeah Verstappen 
I mean, it's a fairly okay move, but yeah, Checo was told not to fight. But I yes, do think, again, yeah. like Spain, Verstappen probably would have won anyway. Exactly, so. exactly. I mean, we can all talk about team orders, this, that, and the other. But this weekend, Verstappen was quicker, clearly. Yeah. Um, I mean, whilst all this is going on, though, Hamilton gets past Ocon, which was a good little move down at turn yeah, three. Very when... hard to pass an Exactly. Well. I mean, he spent a good five, six laps just stuck behind him. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, we see Perez and Verstappen pit, everything like that. So Max Pitts end of lap 19 and comes out right, well, not right behind Charles Leclerc, about 10 seconds back. And you think, great, the race is on. It's going to get spicy. And on the very same lap, it goes bang. Yeah. And then all of the, as I said, all of the remaining intrigue of the race of who's going to win is just taken out of the equation. <laughs> Which at that point I was like, I was, it was funny because I'm a, a Red Bull fan. So I like seeing Ferrari fans suffer on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of ruined the race. It was not that interesting from that point onwards. It was a complete vibe killer, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, I guess that's that with 30 laps to go. Yes. Like, yeah. We all knew what was going to happen from that point onwards. Exactly. It was just going to be the Red Bull show to the checkered flag. That being said, though, did still get a bit more action going on <coughs> down the midfield. Sebastian Vettel, lap 25, does finally make the move stick on Esteban Ocon. As unfortunately, Zhou Guan Yu, it all comes to an end once more. This, I'm very, very sad still. Even I felt gutted for him this weekend, <laughs> he was be He was behind Vettel. He was the next car to overtake Ocon, who was kind of, I think he was out of sync with pit stops. Um, yes. But yeah, Zhou yeah. was the, like, the next car to overtake Ocon. It's right behind Vettel. Vettel finished P6 in the end. Uh, there's nothing. There's no reason why Joe couldn't repass Vettel as well. Even so, P7, P6. Well, he didn't have a car that worked. That was the reason why. He yeah, couldn't. that was that was the main problem, really. But um, yeah, it's so unfortunate because the same. I mean, this was the most obvious opportunity for points. But he had the same in Miami, and what was the other race he broke? Spain. He broke down in as well. Both on the fringes of the points, like 12th, 13th. Yeah, yeah. Those and it could have been if things yeah, went right. He could. If got things points. went right for him, he could have got points. This one, he absolutely would have got P7 at least. I think. Yeah. So. I think as well, wasn't it? This should have probably been his breakthrough weekend, shouldn't it? Yeah, a bit like what Leclerc had in his rookie season. Like uh, Baku, yeah. Baku, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It should have been another sour repeat yeah. there. But but you know what? He will come back stronger, and I back him for Canada. Uh, we'll wait and see whether he'll come <laughs> back stronger than Bottas again. That that opportunity, that ship might have sailed now for this year. <laughs> well, um, that's it. Career done. <laughs> not, no, not like that, but I think this was definitely an outlier. Of where yeah. he's clear mm. of Bottas. Um, then, we, of course, we see Lewis Hamilton jump Daniel Ricciardo, who's way out of sync with the rest of the field, uh, running up in P5 there. He must have had a nosebleed running that high up the yeah. order. Um, as then, our fourth Ferrari failure of the race. <laughs> oh, and dearie yeah, me. My third fantasy driver to have a mechanical retirement as K-Mag breaks down going out of the castle section. Um yeah, wasn't a great day for my fantasy team, really, <laughs> as we'll come on to later. Mm, yeah, not not yeah. good, really, for them. Did, they, did you find out what uh, our pit lane reporter said, what that issue was? I think it was, again, just another engine failure. I think uh, Joe's okay. was something slightly different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, K-Mags yeah. was just, yeah, another engine failure. Um, and to be honest, really from then, most of the race got pretty boring, didn't it? Like we said, yeah, now after we yeah. had those I couple was more failures, Twitter, making some banging tweets, follow me on Twitter. I I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, Jamie, <laughs> your your Twitter at is linked in every single one of these videos. So if you're not already gaining a lot of followers, I'm not convinced that cheeky plug's going to do you any favors. No, it won't make a difference. At this no, point. I guess yeah. yeah. The only sort of other fun thing that happened there really wasn't it. Well, two fun things was Yuki Sonoda and his whole DRS gate. Yeah, that was such a weird failure because. His, his rear wing literally split in half and only half of it opened with DRS, which is obviously a technical, like, failure. That's a um, meatball flag if ever I've seen yeah, one. Yeah, it got, got the meatball flag from the FIA, the uh, the black and orange disc one. Um, had to pit. And then instead of just, you know, retiring him since he was P... Well, by the time he was going to pit anyway, he was going to be out of the points quite comfortably. They decided to put some gaffer tape on it and, <laughs> and send him on his way. And make sure they sent him on his way before an FIA delegate got to the car yes, to have a yeah. look, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Which, to be fair to them, it didn't break after that. So yeah. gaffer tape sails through the roof. Exactly. Uh, it's strong I mean, enough it, to withstand 200 miles an hour. It th it's a complete throwback, isn't it? I want to say it was Red Bull Suzuka 2009. 
Yes. When oh, they the had headrest. to gather take down Mark Webber's headrest, wasn't it? Why I Twice know in that. three laps, yeah. Yeah, why I know that, whoever knows. But yeah, that was like the last time I can sort of remember gaffer also, tape. Also, I wasn't gaffer tape, but it was DRS failure. Bahrain 2013 for Alonso. Yes. Where yeah. he pitted on lap, he had to pit on lap two for a DRS failure. They closed the flap, but didn't secure it. He then opens it again and it breaks again. So he pits again. <laughs> And they just they just push it flat, and he's he, he's told not to use it. But yeah, so just don't yeah, touch DRS failures. There's always just something quite funny about them. I, don't I know mean, what it, it is. happens all the time on the F1 game, and to be fair, it has happened now twice this year. Well, Max Suzuka 2017, well. uh, Hulkenberg Suzuka 2017 got stuck open. Oh, of course, you can remember a Hulkenberg. I can remember one. that one. Yeah, he was on for points there. Shock. Wasn't uh, on for a podium what? though. Not so shocking. Ricardo in testing for his first season in Renault, where he opened the DRS flap and it just flew off. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that one. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, some fun times. We love a DRS failure. but We know Zoda, far too many DRS failures. Because he was actually on for points, to be fair to him. Alcari, yes. as he said, doing very well. I think he was on for sixth. He uh, would have been sort of, yeah, seventh or eighth, yeah. there or back. He was in that battle, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, Between yeah. a lot of those drivers. And then, yeah, really sort of the last thing we had on the notes was Hamilton had to pit again onto fresh tyres later on in the race. Was so not VSC, happy. wasn't it? Yeah, under another VSC. Um, and then Latifi, who's already way behind everyone after serving his penalty on lap one, gets another penalty for ignoring blue flags. Yeah, the classic. Which was, which was quite funny. Things. Exactly, exactly. Um, but that meant then, when all was said and done in Azerbaijan, Max Verstappen won the Grand Prix ahead of Sergio Perez. And yeah, George Russell bagging another podium for Mercedes. Yeah. He's now just 16 points behind Leclerc in the championship. Yeah. <laughs> Still no finishes out of the top five. He's going for a proper J183 league racing campaign oh if he a... if he somehow manages to put himself <laughs> in title contention through all this he's kind of going to be mad isn't it yeah zero wins only finishing third fourth or fifth we love oh, that from george what a, what a season by george fair play to him though he's getting the job done hamilton did finish p4 though uh, with an absolutely destroyed back and an oscar the on the way for the way he got out of the car yes yeah i must admit yeah i <laughs> I'm a big Hamilton fan, you know. We're not we're not going to argue against that, but I did wonder whether there might have been a little bit of dramatization. Like I don't like this guy's a professional athlete, like the other 19 drivers. But obviously, porpoising. Well, Russell was porpoising equally as much. Other drivers had he it. He wasn't less. He wasn't porpoising as much. No, it's true. But there's no way that one driver's back is in pieces and the rest of them can get out the car fine. I just don't buy it. <laughs> uh, I think it's a very fine line, isn't it, Jamie? Because we say this, but we both completely understand, you know, it is a big potential safety risk. Oh, yeah, we? absolutely. You know, yeah. there, there was the footage as well. I don't know if you saw Hamilton trying to go through the final chicane and the car almost completely breaks free yeah, from underneath it. Out, yeah. porpoises. You know, it's an issue that desperately needs to get sorted, which we will be discussing in just a few minutes. Um, but... Yeah, you wonder sort of whether there is a little bit of gamesmanship coming from Mercedes, so the FIA do fix it in a way that works for them. Yeah. But yeah, Hamilton came through P4 though, so another solid haul of points for Mercedes. Gasly fifth, Seb sixth. Got to give no him well credit done. there. He's as since we rinsed back. him after Australia, he's, he's been, on, been on a fine run of form. <laughs> Alonso seventh, Daniel Ricciardo, Lando Norris, after having by far and away the slowest car down the straights, made the strategy really... work there. Yeah, super weird team orders at McLaren this weekend as well. I think they were just trying yeah. to make everyone happy and ended up upsetting everyone, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But Ricardo's back with his P8. The fans can breathe a sigh of relief. Yep, he's he definitely not going to leave now. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, Esteban Ocon rounding out the top 10 there. So if Joe Guanyu was going to sit behind Ocon all day, where was this P7 you were on about? Well, he was behind Vettel and Ocon started to pit. So ah, okay. Okay, well, we'll believe you for now. Um, yeah. And yeah, that result then meant Max Verstappen now has the most podiums ever for Red Bull. Which seems insane to me. Which Obviously, seems... when you think about it, it makes sense. Yeah, entirely. But the domination that Vettel had, where especially 11, 12, 13, especially 11 and 13, he barely missed a podium in either of those seasons. Yeah. Like, the, and that seems like that for at the time when we were kids felt like such a long period of Sebastian Vettel domination. Yes. And yeah. the fact that Verstappen has now had one title challenging season and this is his second and he's already equaled the number of podiums. It just shows, I think, just how good he was in like 18, 19, 20, just picking up podiums all the time. Well, 20, he was basically guaranteed a podium every race. Yeah, 20 was such a weird year. <laughs> 20 was just the handbot first season. 
Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm just trying to do the maths in my head. Sebastian Vettel spent seven seasons at Red Bull, didn't he? No, well, six no. seasons. Oh nine. Oh nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Six seasons. Yeah. Six seasons. Yeah. Max is already there for pretty much his seventh now, isn't he? He's already seven uh, seasons in. Yeah, this is his seventh. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually not that surprising, to be honest, to me. Yeah, in, but in my ways. head. In my head, the in, Yeah, no, exactly. When you better. sort of read that stat, you think that's <laughs> yeah. incredible. But then when you actually sort of do a bit of a deeper dive... I mean, and the seasons are longer now, obviously, and everything. Exactly. So. And I mean, there was even more discussion this week, wasn't it, now? Because obviously he's the youngest driver to hit 25 wins and all this, that, yeah. and the other. But that's yeah. a conversation for another day. Um, yeah, I, I think, to be honest, the maddest thing about that is the fact that Max has now been at Red Bull longer than Seb ever was. Yeah, he's got the most... I think he's got the most races at Red Bull. Uh, Ricardo? No, Ricardo, Ricardo not really. wasn't there Weber, for that long, no. Weber, no? It would either be Weber or Verstappen. Yeah, Weber was there for nearly 10 years, wasn't he? It was he only must have the most stuff. 07 till 2013. Was he there? Oh, I thought he was there from 06. No, no, it was DC and... Uh, yeah, it was Cleon, wasn't it? Yeah, in 06. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it was only 07 to 013. Yeah, fair enough. I, yeah, Max must be right there then for most Red Bull stars. And he's only 24 years old. Yeah, and he's going to be there for the rest of his career, which is kind of insane. Yeah. I do really wonder whether this will completely shift the narrative of drivers retiring in their early or mid-30s in the future. Nah, Max will go forever. Yeah, but he doesn't want champion. to. He's already no, said he true. don't yeah. want to. Which I wonder if there's a lot of that playing up to the fact that if he doesn't beat Hamilton's records... With the potential to, to have a twenty-year yeah. career, then he well, I never really was that interested, because let's be fair, they're all Formula One drivers. They all want to win every world title they possibly can. Uh, yeah. But again, yeah. that that's a discussion for another Just day. For another day. Driver of the day, then Jamie Hamilton won the official vote, which I was I quite happy with, and I don't think he I didn't deserve it. I think he was certainly he didn't deserve it any less than anyone else. No, it's I'd true. say, yeah, he drove all right, yeah. There wasn't really a standout candidate. No, no, um, exactly. I mean, I actually ran my own driver of the day vote this week on the channel. Um, let me have a quick look, see if I can find what our results were. I'll just have a look quickly. Yeah, who, who was your driver of the day, Jamie? I think I would... Ooh, I think I gave it to Pierre Gasly, to be honest. Um, no, no bias involved. And I'd shout out Guan Yu Zhou, because he definitely would have been my driver of the day had his car finished um but no gazzy drove really well could have been p4 with a bit more luck or a few less laps in the race um but yeah drove super well definitely king of the midfield uh in terms of best of the rest after the top three teams you expect and never really looked in doubt that he was going to finish the best of the rest all weekend in a car which probably it maybe was the fourth quickest this weekend but it usually is nowhere near that so fair play gazzy yeah, I mean, I'm just having a look through quickly through a poll. I was going to say, Gaz is a good shout. Joe Guan is a good shout. Uh, Seb, as well, you know, is a very, very yeah. good shout. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in the vote I did, I ran it between Verstappen, Russell, Hamilton and Vettel. Vettel got 60% of the votes. And this was oh, 16,000 people voted on this. <laughs> so clearly, I've still got a lot of Seb fanboys. Uh, I don't know how. They must not watch the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it does make you wonder, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They'd have all left if they heard this. <laughs> and just, I dip below 50k again. Yeah. Just immediately. Um, let's go then, Jamie. Let's do... Should we do predictions recap next? Oh, yes. Let, actually, no, this. let's not discuss that this week. <laughs> because that is the eggiest thing I have I'm just ever seen genius. in my life. If I had... I want to find... If anyone has a website where you can like look at retrospective betting odds, I reckon it would be over 100 to 1. Yeah. to get all three in the right position. I, mean, I said Verstappen, Perez, Russell last yeah. week, so, last so, Monday. To, to paint the picture, <laughs> Jamie went into the Azerbaijan weekend with a 10-point lead over me in our mini-predictions league. Remember, two I've, been playing it, I've been playing it fairly safe and just yes. getting stuff right. Two points if you get it right, and one point if you get the top three, like the correct driver, but in the wrong place. Jamie this week got six points. He got the top three bang on, <laughs> which... I don't think, unless we did have like a handbot versus, and I don't think either of us were going to call it. And it wasn't even like you just picked it the top It wasn't even a likely podium, no. You just went Verstappen, Perez, Russell through pure and it eggery. What can I say? What can I say? I mean, I got three points, which does wow. mean you're now on 35, and I'm on 22. Yeah, it's not looking good for Matt. 
It is. It but is you know not what? Do you, you want to yeah. update the scores on our Discord call before I forget oh, as well? Oh yeah, I will do that. That's, it's that's it's not looking good message. for me, and I mean we'll we'll do oh, our. I can't. You it's not your message. Yeah, oh okay. After. We'll <laughs> we'll do it afterwards. That's fine then. I mean we'll 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 do the predictions again in just a moment. But that is pure egg from Jamie one eight three. Speaking of pure egg, let's go in then to our fancy recap from last week. <laughs> oh, it's all looking good for me. Because let, yeah. let's give a bit of a background story to this, Jamie. <coughs> you messaged me, I think it was Sunday night, wasn't it, as well, bragging about how well you'd done in F1 Fantasy, despite the fact you'd had three drivers DNF. Three you drivers and my constructor got a double DNF. You failed to mention <laughs> the fact you used your mega driver. I did. I saw Verstappen had a cheeky little race streak, so I was like, oh, screw it, and stuck the mega on him. Very annoyed when he qualified behind his teammate. <laughs> but it worked out well. He got the race win. Um, cheeky little 162 points oh. from Verstappen alone. And that's uh, nearly twice as much as my entire <laughs> team scored. Uh, and yeah, 188 for the week because the rest of my team had an absolute nightmare. Um, with Gaz- I mean, Gassi did well for fifth place, fair play. And then Leclerc Turbo, obviously DNF. Gonyu Joe, DNF. Magnussen, DNF. Ferrari, double DNF. <laughs> But yeah, Verstappen carried me. I was uh, uh, doing my best Red Bull 2019-2020 impression uh, with Verstappen scoring something like 86% of my points. So yeah, yeah. how did you do that? I I would rather not talk about it. I I got <laughs> 95 points this week. Oof, that's not looking good. was 38 for Sergio. I thought actually, I thought on paper looking at this, I'm probably going to do quite well this week because I thought I got two of the podium on there. That's got to be a lot of points. I got 38 for Checo, 34 for George. Fair enough. I thought I also got Albon, who did have a pretty decent race. Yep, he got me 17 me. points. Unfortunately, I had Turbo Charles Leclerc, which bagged me 10. Ferrari, which bagged me 3. And K-Mag with minus 7. <laughs> 95 points for the week. And I, the problem is, I, I'm going to have to use my Mega Driver on Charles Leclerc. And I don't see a weekend where he's going to be able to dominate. No. No, you're looking at Austria for Verstappen, I think. But you got. You, I'm gonna have like to whole, use Verstappen at Austria. That's a whole like team upheaval. But yeah. yeah, if we have a look, quick look at the little uh, Azerbaijan rundown. I mean, my my risky league. team got 142. Like, I just want to give a quick shout out to that. I had Turbo Alonso 44, Ricardo 18, sites naught sadly. <laughs> Pierre and Lewis both were 26, and then I had Aston Martin that netted me a cheeky 28 points. Aston Martin is a team that must be like 0.1 percent owned. Yeah, well, it's my risky team. Yeah, fair play. Let's, uh, yeah. let's find the league. How do so I find the, the league? So the people, the top 10 of this week, you're absolute maniacs. If you did well this week, you're just a bit weird. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> this, I mean, to be fair, this is actually quite a good team. I'll take that back. The number one of the week had Verstappen Mega. Only geniuses did that. Um, Gasly, like myself, Bottas Turbo, Albon, and Magnussen. So the number one still got minus seven from K-Mag. And then Red Bull with their little one-two, getting 77. Which, I really want to make the move from Ferrari to Red Bull, but that's like a 12 million difference or something. Yeah, I'm actually so a big reshuffle. It's quite hard. Um, but that was Leora H and Thatcher B on 303 with, I assume, the same team. It was a good yes. week for the Brits. And Zane D as well on 303 with, again, the same team. Um, exactly, actually. Um, so yeah, 303 was the highest score. I actually came in your league 173rd. Uh, Which would in, almost in be impressive if there weren't people that outscored you without using their mega. Oh, yeah. But I had five out of seven DNFs and came 180, 173rd. Yeah, fair enough. Had, <laughs> he got 233 points here. He turboed Perez, had Red Bull, Alonso, Ricardo, Bottas and Gasly. This is, sorry, Joseph E, who yeah, came 20th. That. That's fair. insane. Continue on, sorry though, Jamie, with the rundown of our oh, top, yeah, the 10 from the top ten from this week. We got Hanson L uh, on two nine nine in fourth place. Uh, let's have a quick look. I assume it's similar, but Ocon and Schumacher actually interesting combo instead of Gasly and K Mag, uh, and actually took a minus ten, so he would have been the best of the week, but did too many transfers. Unlucky. Uh, Barnby S, Finn G, Herman L, Quent G, Maynard G. And Daniel D rounds out the top 10, all of which using their mega drivers, I assume, on Max Verstappen. But I don't want to check all of them. No, no, exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry, I'm just quickly having a look as well. Uh, where did you say you ranked 
this weekend? 173. So I've still had a better one-off ranking than this year. Wait, wait, what? Australia. Sure worldwide. No. 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 Oh, no, it is in your league. In no, our I league, yeah. I, I look, yeah. In Australia, I, I came myself. 154th. So I've, I've still got the best single ranking the so best far this year. one-off result. <laughs> yeah. Um, having a look, though, at the overall league, Canadians might not be the best drivers in Formula 1, but they're still absolutely dominating the fantasy oh, wow. league. So Canada won too. Yeah. L- Larry T on 1,915 so points clear. there. He's what 116 is? clear of anyone else in the league, which is pretty much about two race weekends for me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim still in P2 there with Scuderia Wickham. And then Sim F with Sim Racing in P3. Lord of the Wings, quality team in there with Jack in P4. And then we got Burnaby in fifth. Mansell's Mustache, Max T there, still with his Mega Drive to use. It's still Mega. Sit, Save it for P6. Austria. There's your scout inside info. Use exactly, it Austria, just use it in Austria. One point ahead of Carlos. Uh, we've then got Sid V, Brad W and Oliver T still rounding out our top ten there, Jamie. Where do you rank? Oh, how many points have you got now? We must be very close. Overall, I'm on 1460. So I'm only 58 points behind you, and I've still got a Mega Drive to use. Yeah, but knowing you, you're Mega Drive of a staff and your DNF. You know, so. in my luck, yes, that is definitely what will happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, if I nailed my Mega Drive, so it's worth like 100 bonus points. Yeah. I, I could still very easily be sort of... But the thing is, the Mega Drive can be so, like, variance central, because, yeah. like... Yeah, I was very happy with obviously megaring the race winning driver. Um, even though he obviously could have got more points had it been a sprint weekend, had he beaten his teammate in qualifying. Had Do you get more if it's a sprint weekend? It's, it's like three points or something. Oh, more, so it's not really worth. No. But it wasn't like the most points I could have got, but I'm very happy with 162. Exactly. Mega. Exactly. So can't complain. Yeah, so there we go then. That is our. And what position are you, sorry, in your. Uh, 1100. Oh, I'm 709. Get done. So there's not more, not many points in it, is there? But you've <laughs> no, used your mega, and I'm still inside the top third, so I'll take that. 4,430 yeah. of you now in the league is kind of madness as well. I just want to quickly yeah. say, can we get that get to 4.5k? Another link in the description for Matt to put in. Exactly. Yeah, it's always in the description, F1 Fantasy. Oh, lovely. It's linked everywhere. Um, let's then, Jamie, a race rating for Baku. Ooh, it really wasn't good. I didn't enjoy it very I mean, I enjoyed it because... For staff one, but that was really the only reason. So I'd give it a little five out of ten. I was gonna say it's a bit difficult, isn't it? Because back will be kind of always expected to be carnage as well. Um, but even when you sort of try to look at it as a standard weekend, it wasn't that dramatic. So yeah, I think no, really a wasn't. five or a six is probably fair at the end of the day. Let's get on then, Jamie. What are the benefits we have had this week of delaying the podcast till Thursday? As we have got three massive news stories to go through mm. yeah and we'll try and rattle through to get on a bit of time time frame wise but um yeah looks like the whispers are in the paddock that um well alonso is going to sign a new contract for alpine yeah uh, for next for 2023 um which in turn they've agreed to uh find a seat for oscar piastri which was always going to happen they'd already agreed to it hadn't they yeah was the thing they'd said last year he was like i'll have one year on the sidelines otherwise i'm setting shop elsewhere yeah so he is it looks like going to williams for 2023 with uh alban and yeah latifi will be out which i don't think anyone will really be that sad about Um, other than nutella maybe um yeah (laughs) but yeah it'll be interesting to see because that will mean that both Alpine drivers are out of contract in 2023. Um, Does it? Which I think so. Ocon's 24. Yeah. But even so, they're going to be comparing like like for like the performances of the Alpine drivers versus Piastri. Yes. Um, which would be very interesting to see who they try and dispose if Piastri it's is be incredible. So. I don't know. It's Ocon needs be. to kick on. He's getting on a bit, and he's not really done Alonso, very much. Alonso, no, you can't. Ocon has been more than a fair match for Alonso this year. He has, but is he going to be like Alonso's nearly sixty? Mm. Get him out! <laughs> I don't know. I'll be interested to see. I think they like Alonso more than like Ocon. I think but you like Alonso more than you like Ocon. Oh yeah, I definitely do. I think <laughs> they can't. There won't be a world in which they get rid of Ocon and keep Alonso again, especially after they've signed this long-term deal with Ocon. It just won't happen. The other interesting thing, though, about that deal, of course, Jamie, is there is more and more talks now. We could see 
Williams Renault back together. Now, yeah, they had cool. some iconic cars. I mean, it didn't quite work for McLaren and Honda, um, but no. Williams Renault could be. I mean, let's be fair. What it will be is Renault will go and look. You stick him in our car. We'll give you some dirt cheap engines. Yeah, and the engines, unless it's just the drag on the Alpines, are absolutely nothing. But the engines do seem pretty good. So I don't know if they're better than Mercedes, but they certainly I, wouldn't be any worse. I say I can't. I would probably still think they're the worst on the grid. But I can't imagine there's much difference between any of them anymore. No, it's true. Apart from all the Ferraris, which break down. Yes. Yeah, of course. Because they're Italian. Isn't great. <laughs> but Oscar yeah, Piastri, first, he, first needs, big bit of news. he needs that F1 gig next year, doesn't he? I mean, there are some speculation, isn't it, that he could be in the seat before next year. Um, yeah, but, but there's always that at this time of year, isn't there? Yeah. But, so I'd be surprised. Well, I'm not, I'm not convinced that's going to be the case. And luckily, yeah, two other big things actually got confirmed today, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, so all in the part of the plan to delay the podcast till now. But um, yeah, going hand in hand, we often see this when a driver is about to be confirmed from a certain country. So they extended that country's race. Uh, yeah, Australia is here until 2035, which, which is, is an incredibly long. Is it all? At, I'm guessing it's at Melbourne for the yes. whole thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. There are a couple of caveats going... as well to that. What, Daniel? No, not quite. Oh. He's not Australian what, what either. The, what the caveat? So they've agreed that, and they've agreed that at least five of those Grand Prix, they get the season opener. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. Which, around New Albert Park, could get spicy. Yeah, Albert Park's decent now, so that should be fun. And it's a nice early morning one, so our expectations will be... Uh... Through the like, roof. We'll, we'll just be really happy to see any F1 cars. So if it is a bad race, we're fine. Exactly, exactly. Um, weirdly, though, now I'm not sure how I feel about this. Now, on the one hand, I love it. On the other hand, I hate it. F2 and F3 are going to the land down under. What, you mean those titles, those series called European F2 and F3? They're not European F2 and F3. Well, there's no such thing as European F2 and there is already European F3, Jamie. Yeah, I guess. But they are traditionally well, Europe, Europe and the Middle East, and the Middle East. So we've gone full Eurovision and just added Australia to it as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean it. It will be interesting to see different cars at Australia because obviously we only ever really have F1 and Aussie supercars, which I'm sure you're uh, a fan oh, of, Matt. You can't <laughs> beat a bit Aussie supercars. They are. So yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. But the thing is, they're going to be at such awful times. Obviously, it's good for the Australians and the people in that part of the world. And the people, especially at the track, will be really cool to get more action. But F2 racing are going to be like 3 a.m. There's no way people are going to be awake for them in Europe. It's going to be earlier than that, surely. Yeah, because the race, well, the F1 race is at 6, is it not? So that'll be like maybe 2 a.m. Yep. UK time that they start the F2 feature on Sunday morning. And let's not forget, Jamie, there's already ridiculous amounts of talks about trying to save money in F2 and F3, you know, trying to make yeah. it more accessible. Yeah. And now they've turned around and gone, right, it costs far too much money to run an F2 car this year, but we're going to send you all to Australia for no reason. Yeah. I mean, there's surely... I Obviously, Something's we, we don't know how the F2. inner works. We don't know really how sort of the inner workings are with F2 and F3, but surely now, with the amount of money Liberty are raking in, they've got to start supporting those teams financially. You know, yeah, there's got to be an element I think they of will. they're going to start covering costs here or there. Because the viewership does seem like it's pretty decent. Like It must be growing, I think. Yes. Because Sky yeah. have actually got serious about showing the races now, or a couple of years Finally. they used to cut away. Yeah. They used to cut away to like repeat interviews and stuff yeah. <laughs> mid-race, but there we go. Um, so yeah, surely surely the uh, yeah, they've got to be some support for the teams. I mean, my brain's F2. just sort of wondering, you know, whether we potentially see down the line you know i mean there's more and more discussions in there i know zach brown's been very vocal about this recently when they sort of spoke about andretti could we see even more affiliation and potentially a bit of wiggle room in the budget for teams if they support f2 and f3 teams financially you know you'd sort of properly have you know a alpine f2 team or an alpine f3 team yeah they do they do a similar thing in football yeah where like you can either give your like there's just a, a money that goes to the fa which is the football version of the fia or you can give less money to the fa if you agree to support a lower league team which effectively would be what the f1 teams could do if like the fa were like oh yeah you can give us your money or you can go and support an f2 team which will help them run better so 
that'd be a cool thing i don't i mean i think it's too it's too good an idea for the fa to implement i'm just um, thinking but... you imagine like a ferrari f2 team or something like that yeah well prima kind of are yeah i know obviously this is the thing isn't it you know prima yeah. is basically just ferrari and your prodigy team basically yeah, yeah. um you know you sort of speak mercedes and art are very closely Carlin tied are pretty up pretty close to red bull red bull yeah literally sponsor half the grid most years yeah. um everything like that you know high tech as well obviously because of mazapin they had very strong ties with Haas over the last yeah. few years um, but it really does make you wonder sort of where they can go with it because let's be fair, if you're a Prima, trying to shift five cars to Australia is gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because I, I think for the most part they just do it in trucks, surely around Europe. Yeah, it so, all pretty much is all trucking. Yeah. So they're gonna have to find a plane from somewhere, which might be a bit more difficult than they expect. <laughs> but there we go. You are so cute. They don't. What? They won't fly Formula cars. They'll be shipped. Why not? They don't That's in fly. Top They're in a Russian airline. Oh, they don't fine. fly the Formula. They, they, Why they not? fly small parts potentially, but they have to ship most of but the they're cars. They're so light. Why don't you stick? They're the massive. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just. They seriously got a ship. Yeah, you get your huge DHL crate. But how do they get from Baku to Canada in in five days? Because a lot of the parts, they'll have two separate cars that will get shipped and things like that. That's just blowing my mind. Why? You I'm going to make an F1 team and, and fly all our parts everywhere. <laughs> You're going to be bankrupt immediately, mate. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Right, let's, let's try and get back on track then. <laughs> just quickly, our final big news of the week then, Jamie. We spoke about this a lot throughout the show. The FIA apparently are going to fix porpoising. Now, to be fair... There's, there's been a lot of talks this week, hasn't there, Jamie? Because some people are obviously saying, you know, just make it that the teams can't porpoise anymore. But, of course, that screws <clears throat> the teams that have nailed the regs. So the FIA yeah, have kind yeah. of been clever and in a way that neither of us understand because we know wheel, we don't know PhD physics, they're <laughs> going to make it so all of the cars porpoise less, but the teams that did well on the regs are going to be less affected by it. It's basically, is it not minimum ride height kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the teams that don't porpoise, they're doing that because they've been able to make a fast car with a higher ride height. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense because the teams that are running close to the ground are the ones suffering. If they raise their ride height, it will badly affect performance because like, that's the whole reason that porpoising happens. I mean, you just think Mer- ride height. Mercedes for years run a high rate car. Yeah. That would have been perfect for this. They try a low rake once and it's just horrendous. It's just completely <laughs> screwed them. Yeah, well, so I, mean, I, I quite like, like I quite like the FA have managed to find some sort of solution. I would have been quite annoyed as a Red Bull fan if they'd have been like, oh, everyone's going to be bailed out by our regs. So Red Bull, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri, you're all screwed. You've, you've done a really good job, but unlucky. Until, of so. course, something does go badly wrong with it and they all get screwed anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because there will, there is definitely going to be some controversy around this. The FAA trying to change rules mid-season never goes particularly no, well. No, exactly, exactly. But I mean, that is a discussion for another day, isn't it? I think we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Let's get in then, Jamie. Before we finish the show, quickly, Canada predictions. Yeah, and I think what, sadly what uh, it's thirty-five to twenty-two. Yes. I like just one last time before we get into predictions. Um, I reckon is, is it not? I'll let you go first because you're so far behind. Thank you. How about that? Um, we are gonna go Leclerc pole. Wait, 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 wait! I've one more bit of news. I don't know if you saw it. Leclerc is probably taking power unit penalties. Okay, we're not going Leclerc pole. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. I forgot about that. Um, we're gonna say then Verstappen Ten, pole. Yeah. 10 place penalty for Leclerc, by the way, yeah. this weekend. Oh, okay. Okay. Verstappen pole. Verstappen Perez. Is that Sainz. it? Just, just two drivers on the podium. Oh, no, Sainz. Sainz. Okay. I'm going to say, I was, <laughs> I was really owing an arm between Sainz and Russell. Ooh, okay. Okay, I. So we're counting pole as the actual pole position award, not the fastest qualifier. No, we're, we're counting pole as the guy that starts the grid from first. Okay. 
I really want to say Perez. <laughs> do it. Do it. Pole position will be. God, you got like Carlos a 13 point lead. Oh, dear God. I wanted you to go risky, not stupid. Uh, race winner will be Maximiliano Verstappen. Maximilian Emilian. What's his middle name? Yeah. Emilian. Yeah. It is Emilian. Yeah. What that's a... why I said it. What a name. Yeah, good parenting. No. Oh dear not. God, um, <laughs> that is a bad way to almost end the show. The Staffen, the Staffen race win. Okay. Science P two, Leclerc P three. Oh, what happens to Perez? I don't know. He just falls asleep mid race. That's okay. what I feel like doing right now. Fair so, enough. Luckily, you're not mid race. <laughs> what a way <laughs> to end the show, Jamie. Thank you all so much for listening. In nonetheless, like we said, we apologise for Jamie off gallivanting on holiday you know we i will be banning that in his updated yeah, contract no more holidays, by next week no, no more time <laughs> off um we will return then hopefully on tuesday uh with another episode <laughs> of the podcast we'll let you into a bit of a secret we are um and in our in about whether to maybe make this a twice weekly thing obviously when the races are jammed packed like this um just so we you know we can do slightly shorter shows but then also discuss everything we want to Mm. over two episodes as well so let us know down in the comments below uh, your thoughts and feelings about that but yeah massive thank you as well though from me personally 54,000 subscribers that's now been ticked off the list as well uh, F122 a couple of weeks away I've got some exciting things to announce before then as well uh, that I'm really really looking forward to as well and yeah we will be back though on hopefully Tuesday ready to review and recap the Canadian Grand Prix